Boys and girls, welcome to the return of the Sports and Culture Report. It's your boy Big Dossie hosting the show. We've got the usual suspects here, Alex and Dukes. The big Ben, the big trio is back. Dukes, how are you doing today? Sipping on that little Rona. It's nice. I'm not, I don't have my computer in front of me. Andy's in charge of the show. Nothing to hide behind. I feel liberated and naked and... Uh, what what else would I say? Vulnerable. Right. And you know what? I don't mind being naked and vulnerable, uh, especially in my own home. Well, as a man who has seen you naked uh, quite recently, I'd prefer if you got clothed. But you know what? That's fine with me. Alex, how you doing? Well, you know, on, on that note, we're going to find out if the emperors really have no clothes. Um, you know, if we really are just people who read off screens or if we've got our own kind of original thoughts and analysis. We're going to find out today. And you know what? Who better to find out? With uh, than Andy, so I'm keen. The the reins are over to Andy. So if there's any issues with production, content, whatever, it's going to be all on the schlank dog. But well, if it's really good, so also 100% credit. So that's the game you play. Well, you look very smick today. You got a haircut. You're repping the Kingdom merch. Yeah, I just want to give another big shout out to uh, AJ Saker and the boys at Kingdom dropping some fresh merch. New new release just came out. Gear looks great. Keen to see more from. Kingdom and AJ Saker and those guys. Yeah, absolutely huge. So for those who haven't uh, seen the Sports and Culture Report or the or new fans of the show, because we haven't done one in a while, what it is is we go through some big stories with sports and culture. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's in the name. It's in the name. Sports like and Culture Report. All good names. Like all good names. They tell you what it is, but you know what? We're here to reveal the rest. They tell you what it is, but they leave just enough out that it just keeps you wanting to come yeah. back for more. Like what are they talking about in the sports? What's in the culture? What do I need to know? Where you've come here to find the answers. What's on the agenda, Andy? What's on the agenda? We've got a little bit of NBA action. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony being signed. It's your boy, Melo. Yeah, we're going to also talk about our early season favourites, who we think is the best in the NBA also. That's what I want to talk about. Get a little bit of heated discussion in here. Um, and then we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. That's no problem. Colin Kaepernick's making, <laughs> uh, sure. making some big waves in the news this week. Uh, so we'll dip right into that. But firstly... Carmelo Anthony, the 10-time NBA All-Star, who's going into year 17, has signed a one-year non-guaranteed deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Last season, he was let go by the Rockets after 10 games, averaging 13.4 points, 5.5 boards, and half an assist a game. And probably about 40 field goal attempts. What does the field do? Do we have a field goal percentage? Um, I can get that up for you. That's but right. We'll do it later. It's an important piece of information. Though. Well, his field goal percentage, what, his 2 point it was 49%. No, no, it was 40%. Okay. 40% field goal percentage on the season. But even still, that wasn't the real issue. The reason he has been he was let go really was on the defensive end. He's a massive liability. Well, he was a massive liability, and uh, it wasn't looking like... It's an effort, an effort thing. It's an effort thing. It's Melo not really understanding his role on the team. So what is our headline reactions to Melo being back in the league after his year hiatus? Alexander, I'll pass it to you, mate. Firstly, my understanding is that Melo has always kind of been a uh, defensive liability, and the only reason that he's kind of been around for so long is that of his offensive prowess. Basically, he can carry a team in the fourth quarter, and, and he is ISO Melo. He is absolutely... Uh, he, he's the ice man. He's a fourth. walking bucket. He's a walking bucket. You can get a bucket from anywhere and on anyone, but um, good to see Melo back in the league. I think it's good for the league. 
Um, could be bad for the Blazers, but good for the league. So I'm happy to see him there. And you know what? The, the issue with Melo, the transition that he's never quite made, and it was a transition that Dirk was able to make, D. Wade was able to make. Vince um, Carter, probably. Vince Carter's, Vince Carter's the Vince, epitome of this Vince Carter's been able yeah. to make it. Even guys you know, like Andre Iguodala. Um, as you move away from becoming the perennial all-star that Melo has been so used to getting, and you, your usage drops, you get less touches every possession, you've got to be able to realise that your role in the team has changed as you get older. Now, Melo's never quite been able to make that transition. He certainly hasn't been able to make the transition from the starting lineup to the bench. Um, and so it, it's always kind of been destructive in the sense that Melo's teammates have usually always suffered in terms of statistics when, Milo, when they play with Melo. However... His production has been that good that it's kind of you can kind of justify it. He is a little bit like James Harden, almost the original James Harden. Um, but obviously, we're going to have to try and see if if his mindset has developed. If this year has has been good for him and his mindset, and he's been able to adjust to the to the to the role that actually suits him physically and mentally now. So I'm keen to see him. I, I hope he does well. I'm wishing him the best. Dukes, look, I've got absolutely no time for it. I don't really care about Melo to be honest, and here's the reason why. I don't think he's good for the NBA, and I think he's terrible for the Blazers. This is why. He started off at the Nuggets pretty good, got traded to New York, basically did a deal, as far as I could tell, with the New York coaching staff, ownership, management, which was that I'll sell out your stadiums, and I'll I'll put I'll get some dunks, I'll put on some flashy moves, uh, I'll sell the tickets. Uh, we're never going to go to the to the playoffs, and I don't really care as long as you put all that moolah in my bank account. And the ownership said, "Well, look, if you're selling out stadiums for season on end, and we're gonna, we, we don't need to pay anyone else big contracts. We'll just surround you with trash players." Uh, it, it was it was disrespectful to the fans. It was disrespectful <laughs> to the game, and Melo never played defense, and then his offense isn't as efficient anymore. And it's like I don't care. What I would prefer to see Melo do is do the exact same thing he did for New York, but in China. I think that would actually be much better for everyone because he can actually play with those Chinese hombres, and he could sell out. He could sell out a, a stadium in China if he wanted to. Um, I don't know what he's doing in the NBA. He was terrible for OKC. He was terrible for the Rockets, and he can be terrible for the Blazers. And I don't even think Dame and CJ are that good at defense. So I think they're going to have. Maybe, I don't know on that if there's anyone on their team who's actually any good at defense. Definitely nobody noteworthy who's good at defense. And so I think Blazers, uh, Blazers have a losing record right now uh, after about 10 games through the season. And I think they're, they're going to jump a couple spots down the ladder with this. Well, I'd like to refute one point about your analysis of New York. I completely agree that he was only in it for the money. But there was one season, I think it was the 2012-2013 season, where they did make it to the Eastern Conference Finals off his back. So we know that at that point he did want to win at least a little bit to the point where he made this playoff run where no one really expected New York to do anything. Because I'm sure he didn't expect it. The ownership didn't expect it. The management didn't expect it. I heard management, was, was, management, management, management was furious. They're furious. He didn't get the holidays. Well, the thing is with Melo, the game has transitioned away from his play. Melo's traditionally been a low post and mid-range scorer, and we know in today's NBA that's useless pretty much. You want to be either you want you want three pointers and you want layups. And Melo isn't really that type of guy. He'll he'll back you down the low post. He'll bully you. Kobe Bryant said he was the hardest guy he's ever had to guard because he was too skilled and too powerful when he's backing you down. I heard he well, Kobe has also said that about T Mac. Well, he may have, and Kobe. That's why Kobe can't be the goat because he's inconsistent. But Melo, we know what's consistently problem. better than Melo. Mello, oh, that's such a Gundy. But and so it's consistently more rings. Melo 
has his offense always made up for that defensive liability which he had. But now he can't really provide that on the offense anymore. He's a bit of a liability. I hope we see what we got with D Wade when he came back to Miami, where he decided to put in the effort on both ends. Um, okay, D Wade was D Wade was a, 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 an exceptional defender throughout his whole career. I w- D Wade's also athletic. D Wade in Melo is neither athletic. He's what? What can he actually do? He's about a forty-year-old jump shooter. He's D- not even that good at jump shooting. D Wade in Chicago and Cleveland was not good. I'm going to tell you that right now. When he came back to Miami and had his last season there, the one last dance, which I hate saying that, I think it's really weird, but um, that's when he really had a little bit of a renaissance. I think Melo could have that because he he can shoot the three ball. It's not like if he if he buys into a system and he buys into a role, which I think he might be able to do in Portland, like coming off the bench maybe or just filling in at a power. You don't go to Port- you don't go to Portland and come off the bench. Let he me tell you something. He, the problem is he's at, he's, in, he's, he's at the wrong place. He needs he needs realistically to be at somewhere like the Lakers or the Clippers as as kind of the sixth or seventh man. Realistically, that's the ideal spot. He's not going to want to go to a losing team in the Western Conference and then play. Uh, 20 minutes a game, okay? Because he'll just say, well, you guys suck anyway. There's no way I suck more than you guys. Give me the damn ball and give me some minutes. That's what he's going to say. So he's at the wrong place. I'd love to see him back. I'm an optimist on Mello. Always been a massive Mello fan. His highlights are sick, but um, he's at the wrong place in Portland. Look, I, um, I disagree with your analysis there, but I think we can put this Mello conversation in the books where we're... Kind of happy, me and Alex are happy to see him back, hoping we're optimistic and Dudes wants him to go to China, which I think would actually be a good option. But so, do you see Lance? Lance is balling out over there. Lance has made the best born. career decision he's ever made. He should never been in the NBA. He's a laughing stock. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's saying that he, he always knew he could make the NBA because Lance Stevenson was in there. If well, Jared Dudley's in the NBA, Lance Stevenson should be in the NBA. Well, they play different roles and they do different things. But if Melo had gone out the way he did after he got released by the Rockets, I think it probably would have been the most embarrassing end to a career of any perennial all-star ever. In that, like, AI at least sort of went off and did his own thing overseas. But Melo was just begging and... Just clutching for a team to he give did a, a shot. pretty sad interview with ESPN or with Stephen A. Smith, whoever it was. That was, was pretty uh, self pitying. Yeah, he does. He does do that a little well, bit. Well, that's that's the ego. That's that narcissism that he's got. He's got to detach himself from because he's got to realize it's not all about him. Yep, I I agree. But I'm that. a big Mellow fan. Love yeah. to see him back in the league. Yeah, let's let's hope Mellow Mellow does some big teams in Portland. Uh, moving on to other NBA news. Uh, there have been quite a few surprises, both good and bad, in the NBA this season. I think no one really expected the Lakers to be this good this early. Uh, Miami's playing really well, but also on the other end, we have teams who are just sucking, like Golden State. Um, who would you say are early surprise teams and early picks for the NBA championship in 2020? I'm surprised how good the Raptors are playing without um, without uh, Kawhi and also with, with Lowry Hurt. I'm surprised how well Siakam stepping up, Van Fleet. Van Fleet has been balling this season. Um, normally Powell's been playing pretty good. Gasol's, you know, filling his role. OG Ananobi's had some good games. The Rap- the Raptors are, are surprising me a little bit. Um, I think I was I was not surprised, but I think quite a few people were about how good um, the maps are going to be. I was always hot on the maps because I always knew Luca was legit. He was high level. I knew... I knew KP, who was being ready to play in New York but didn't want to because he had that man- issue with the management, he was going to be legit, especially after coming off a summer. Um, I think that 
Mavs is if Mavs can add one more player, I think they could be a championship caliber team. But even without just with those two white Europeans, I think they could be um, a, a great team that that would be a tough matchup for for anybody in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Um, I think Luca is 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 exceptional. Legit. He's yeah. He's, he's getting 30, 40 point triple doubles pretty regularly. Um, I think he sees it really well. I think his team is playing really well around him. I mean, you see, uh, you see, you see, Luke is, Luke is able to get a lot of space because he's got K, KP down there in, in the post ready to snap up those boards, get the trash buckets, or give Luke a driving lane while KP's on the perimeter. Uh, you, get, you surround him then with other guys like uh, Steph Curry, Maxi Kleber, guys who can who can shoot it. I think the Mavs are a great team. Uh, Alex, I'm hot on the Mavs, and you know what? It almost seems like they could be a little bit of a renaissance going back to when Steve Steve Nash was at the Mavs um, when he was playing with Dirk early in his career. You have kind of that um, really flashy assist guy, but the thing is, Luka Doncic has the potential to be everything that Steve Nash was, and a little bit extra just due to the size and his and his. Um, finesse with his shot um but i would say um surprise i am surprised to see the lakers doing well only because look i think they were always going to do well it's early in the season their issue has never been early in the season or the first half of the season it's always been the second half um lebron's had struggled to start lebron has seasons. struggled to start seasons i don't think uh, if we're looking at the lakers uh, with or without lebron they don't usually start very well but continue <laughs> LeBron's, Le, yeah, LeBron turns it up after the All-Star break, no question. But he's always been re- reasonably reliable. Um, but I think the biggest surprise has been how well the Celtics have been going. Celtics are on a, almost a 10-game win streak. Got snapped by the, um, the, by the Kings. Kings. By, the, by Sac- my boys in Sacramento, which yeah. is an underrated team. No, it's not. Uh, it's not underrated. I had I had a discussion with Andy. Was telling me Sacramento were going to be better than the Mavs to start no, seasons. No, I, I told you. That he, they told could me, be. he told me. He told me. I told you that they he, could. He be. listed his Western Conference teams, and he had the Mavs behind um, Sacramento. He had the Mavs behind the Blazers, and he had the Mavs behind somebody else who I just thought was very disrespectful. Well, the Blazers went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and I told you that you shouldn't sleep on the Kings. I don't think I said they would be better than the Mavs. I said. They're going to be close, and they're going to be in now, with the Mavs. Let's just let's just, let's just be let's just be very honest. Lillard, it's kind of a top. You could I can you can make a case that Luca is is just as good, maybe a bit better than Lillard right now. And you know KP is is leagues ahead of McCullum. Um, so there's there's no chance that that the Blazers are, are, are going to be any better than the Mavs this, this season. You got to remember that though, last year in the playoffs, uh, McCullum was absolutely killing. Defenses. Yeah, look, just, the, just against the Nuggets, he was absolutely ice cold, ridiculous. Oh, let me just let, let me tell you, an athletic seven three shooter uh, on a team with Luka Doncic is incomparable to a a six two six three. To that back yeah, yeah, of course. But we're, we're, we're talking apples and oranges. We're talking apples and oranges. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you on the maps. I'm with you on the maps. Now I think we should we should do if we're going to wrap this. We should do biggest surprise, biggest well, disappointment. I also want to say one one surprise is is how good Paul George has played in his first couple of games coming back from an injury. He's averaging. He's on minutes restriction, but he's basically averaging double the points to the minutes he's on. He's he's filling up the stat sheet in other ways, and and he's playing pretty exceptionally. The Clippers will be there at the end of the season. The question is, are they going to get production out of the bigs? That's yeah. the question. Harkless and Zubax. Well, the question is, Me, no. who can Trez and who on that team can guard AD? I think is the question because I think we can both agree that those Ooh, teams are I, probably going to meet each other in the Western well, Conference. I thought at some about point. I thought about this for a long time. I think it might be hard to mark 
AD, and they could they could get someone in. I'm sure they could get someone in if they wanted to trade someone who specifically could mark AD. But the, the other part of me thinks that if Kawhi can lock down Giannis so well, it's not that big of a jump from Giannis to AD. I disagree. The thing is, gonna, yeah, Kawhi will have his hands full with LeBron. No, Kawhi, but you could put Paul George on LeBron. Yeah, you can, but you, you, yeah, LeBron. Question. LeBron is the primary user of the ball. Okay, so I think I think they can they can accept AD going for thirty or forty points on fifty percent shooting or fifty five percent shooting. What they can't handle is LeBron getting thirty points, fifteen assists, and distributing the entire time free willy nilly. Which is what LeBron has showed some serious signs of this season. He's leading the league in assists at over eleven. Look, he's, he's a selfish. Still... He's a selfish assist guy. There's no question, but the, he. He he gets a lot of dump offs and a lot of um, LeBron James. Yeah, what is the I'm best saying though, is, what I'm saying though is, I think that Andy. I think it's even be... Skip Baylor says that who's a um, all time LeBron. Uh, well, not all time, not hot on LeBron. I Skip Baylor agrees that LeBron's the best look, passer I think in the league. At the same time, it's going to be very hard for. Um, I think I think you can put Kawhi on AD, and I think you can put Paul George on LeBron. I think Paul George is an elite defender who can who can be pretty 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 good on LeBron, and I think you can put Kawhi on AD and just live with the consequences. Um, I also think that they the Lakers are going to have a very hard time uh, dealing with all the other pieces that are around Kawhi and um, and Paul George. You got uh, you got Trez, you got Lou Williams. You got Shamit's not playing too bad this year. Zubarks is showing potential. You got you got you got a few boys who you have to deal with, and the Lakers don't have much outside their two big boys. They, they got a lot of streaky guys. They got they got some streaky guys. Um, Kuzma's streaky. Contavious Caldwell Pope is perhaps the uh, the worst player in the league at the moment. Um, <laughs> And the best they got to Caruso. They got Caruso, who, who who is actually averaging some garbage points and <laughs> statistics. Although he does get one highlight every game, which everyone goes nuts over. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to say my my biggest surprise. I'm going to stick with it has been the Boston Celtics. I didn't think they would gel this this well this early. Kemba's playing incredible, um, and he he understands his role there. Number one, my biggest disappointment though, I think has been the Bucks, um, and I think that was to be expected. It was to be expected. I think the lot the Brogdon loss. He's going to go down to hurt that franchise for years in conjunction with the Middleton contract. So you've got Brogdon these two. Is balling. Brogdon is balling. Legit. I would prefer Brogdon to Middleton. But also, uh, and they paid Middleton some disgusting money. I think. I, I think as well. The one other point is, I was I was very very sad when um, Gordon Hayward went down with that hand injury because he was balling to start the season after his after his leg injury came off from and he looked like he could be the Celtics main guy on the offense on the offensive end. Uh, people fl- people sleep on him. People forget how good he really was in Utah. He was, he was disgusting. A- he was he there's a little there's a little bit of Luka Doncic. There was a, a, there's some similarity mm. in the game. Well, one other sneaky athletic one other thing we can talk about is the um is Utah. I think Utah's biggest problem is they just got Mike Conley in they got a bunch of, I would say, NBA B-listers on their team. They're, they've got about three B-listers. And the problem with B-listers is that they'll give you some decent production, but there's no one guy who's going to step up and take you to that promised land. People think they might be hot on, on Donovan Mitchell, and I'm telling you, you're putting Donovan Mitchell up against other guys who are his age. Like, think about, he's not close. To, he's not going to be close to as good as um, Luca. He's not close to as good as Trey Young. Uh, there's a bunch of other guys. I mean, even you guys like R.J. Barrett, uh, Jamal Rand, um, Donovan. Donovan 
is 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 older than those guys, had more experience in the league, and he's not going to be able to rock with those guys. So, I think unless Utah makes some extra changes, maybe deal like um, Conley and like Gobert or something like that for an extra player, or I would even deal deal Donovan for for a legit player. Um, the Utah Utah's not going to make the, Utah's uh, Utah's in that awkward position of. Um of where they got a, they got a bunch of good guys, but they got they got no stars. They got no stars. Donovan, I don't even know if, if I would put Donovan Mitchell above Gobert, for example. I don't. I I I think you could make a legitimate case that Donovan Mitchell is not even the best player on that team. Mm. He's inconsistent. He's streaky. He sh- absolutely he cooked OKC in that in that playoffs. Was it two years ago? Um, basically, single handedly destroyed them. But when Paul George was there, even there. Put a poor showing at the Olympics when he's supposed to be the leader of the team. I think I think the Olympics is going to come back to haunt those guys. Look, I I, I personally mean, World Cup. I'd World Cup. I'd personally have faith in Donovan Mitchell. I think um, this. I think it's his, it's his third season. I'm pretty sure, and the third season's usually yet he had a bit of a, a sophomore slump. Uh, is what the second year the second year blues, but I think he will come back better this season. Yeah. Also, I, I refute back on the box comment, even even though. Um, I do. I agree that Brogdon is a huge loss. The Bucks are nine and three. I think we need to keep that in mind. I, think, I don't think Giannis is is playing in. I think he's playing playing reserved a little bit right now. I don't think he's. I think he's distributing, trying to get his teammates up. Giannis is putting up massive numbers, bro. Mass. I think he's, he's leading every yeah, race. Yeah, he's they the whole just, offense. They just get yeah. it. They just get a 10, 20 point lead, and then just cruise the rest. Um, he's not the whole offense. I mean, there's there's Bledsoe. Bledsoe's good in the offense Milton can shoot it they've got the Lopez brothers anyway okay and uh, just to quickly wrap up the NBA I don't think we, we won't discuss this but uh, who is going to win the championship Zan I actually I actually I really don't know I really don't know but if I was going to put you're going to put 10 bucks on sports if bet. I was going to put 10 bucks on sports bet it w- I don't think it's going to be a team coming out of LA um for me, it, it it's it's probably. I really like Boston. Yeah. I really like Boston. Kemba has totally changed the complexion of that team. He is everything Kyrie was supposed to be and more. Um, they're getting a lot of production out of Brown and Tatum. It looks like those two guys have taken the next step, um, and they're playing well as a unit. I really like Marcus Smart. I think he's really sunk into his role as a kind of a three and super tight D guy. He's, um, on, he's shooting forty one percent on the shooting, three this year. He's gone he's up from twenty five percent to forty one percent on the three ball. He's shooting about seven threes a game. He's totally changed his, his the complexion of his game, but he's still that hard nosed lockdown defender. And I'm looking at the Celtics and I'm and I'm looking at the East, and I'm going, I don't really know if there's another team that's going to beat him coming out of the East. Number two, that Western Conference is still so stacked that. If you get through the if you get through the West, normally you're going to be playing six or seven game series, and towards the end of the season, that makes a huge difference. So I got I would I would put ten bucks on Boston. Okay, huge. Dukes. I don't think Boston even has a chance. Here's why: no. there's 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 other teams with with better individual players, and they're playing they're playing the exact same game except Boston is down a, a max contract or a super max or however however much it was they paid Gordon Hayward. Because Gordon Hayward's going to be rehabbing that hand injury for the next three months, and who knows if he's even fully recovered from that leg injury he had two years ago. Um, I think you just compare it with the with the talent that's coming out of LA. I don't think you bet against um, the Clippers. I think Kawhi Leonard has shown to be you just lose money when you bet against Kawhi Leonard. 
Uh, I think it's also been shown that Popovich got exposed. And the reason why Spurs were so successful was a combination of Tim Duncan, then you have Ginobili and Parker. But when you had Kawhi, it was really Kawhi and Tim Duncan. Now you have Kawhi uh, with uh, actually a much better team than he had at the Raptors last year. You, you had Paul George, uh, Sweet Lou Will, and a, and a couple of those other players, Trez, Montrez Harrell, who, who, who's a borderline, you know, who, who's just one little step away from being an all-star. He's a long um, way away oh, from that's being a, an that's all-star. That's pretty blasphemous. And... Um, and, uh, when you were naming the best guys in the Clippers last time, you forgot Montrezl Harrell. That's that, that, that's how much and, he means to you. And um, what I think is, you just can't you can't bet against Kawhi. I mean, you uh, you can't. You, he he demonstrated himself to be so good last year throughout the playoffs run, and then you had Paul George. It's like even if Kawhi has a bad night, you have an MVP level player there right next to you. They're, they're, they're both both of them could be the best defender in the league. Uh, and then they, Kawhi's a walking bucket in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's the, the Terminator. And Paul George is as dynamic a scorer as you'll find in the NBA. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, I don't see how, how Boston um, could, could come up against LA. It's like, let's say you put, let's, say, let's put LA and Boston together. This is a little thought experiment. Let's say you decided to be a, a, a let's say you just put um, Kawhi defending um Kawhi defending Tatum and, and someone like Paul George or or Pat Bev. We put Pat Bev on, on Kemba. And you got Paul George defending whoever else he needs to defend. Gordon Hayward um, probably. Gordon Hayward if he's back. I mean, there's just no chance they're going to shoot anywhere near the field goal percentage that, that would be required to win a chip. And you know that they've got no way to defend um, Kawhi or Paul George. Okay. I think that's a, uh, that's a pretty good analysis. I'd put money on the Lakers. Um, I think... No one in the league can guard both AD and LeBron. I think LeBron James is having a renaissance in his career. I think he's gone back to being the best player in the NBA. Um, so uh, that's who I'd put my money on. I don't think uh, you can really match up with them. And I've got faith in Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Kuzma, I think is going to be a bucket off the bench, six man. You know, I think JaVale and Dwight Howard is playing out of his out of his bloody mind this season. I think uh, I put, I've got money on the Lakers, but uh, that's it. Now moving on to uh, Colin Kaepernick, who's been in the news recently. For those who don't really know the backstory of Colin Kaepernick, he uh, got media attention during his last season in the NFL when he decided to kneel for the National Anthem. 2016, wasn't it? 2016, he decided to kneel for the National Anthem. Uh, got very mixed responses. Uh, the, the league viewership was down. Uh, the owners didn't like it. Um, some of the players really liked it. Um, but he's been out of the league since uh, the end of that 2016 season. And this week, he was looking to get Why was he kneeling, the... Andy? Do you want to explain to the kind folks at home yeah. why he was kneeling? He was kneeling uh, because he was trying to make a stand, uh, pardon the, the pun or the paradox there, for uh, uh, African-American issues, especially police brutality, is what he was standing up for, and inequality uh, in America. That's pretty much the, the gist of it. Um, so he, he got support from other NFL players like Ed Reed. Uh, he got some people from the military to um, to also support him on that. Um, but he's been out of the league ever since. He's sort of been a martyr for these causes. Um, but so Featured he, in a Nike promotion. Featured in a Nike promotion. He's been... Believe in, in something even if it costs you everything, I believe was the yeah, slogan. Which uh, is a little bit, I think, 
dishonest considering that he took a settlement from the from the NFL, which is a, the, the next step was that he uh, sued the NFL for and the teams for blackballing him and like it pretty much con- conspiracy to to not let him into the league and then he took a settlement out of court, uh, an undisclosed one. Um, but so this week, the NFL decided they would hold a workout for him. Um, there's been suspicion that Jay Z was involved uh, in into getting that. But so they were holding a workout for him, ran by the NFL at the Atlanta Falcons training facility. They would have uh, everything sort of set up for him. But three hours before the before the workout was supposed to happen, he decided he didn't want to do it there uh, because of a, a liability waiver and issues with the media. So he changed from the Atlanta Falcons training facility to an Atlanta high school, even though he had 24 teams locked in to come into this workout. And I think. Only eight came in to the one at the high school. Um, Stephen A. Smith had a reaction saying that he doesn't actually want to play. He wants to just be a martyr for these causes um, and that he's sort of not really in it to play. He just wants to make a lot of noise. Uh, Kaepernick, after the workout at the high school, um, went on to say that the whole league and the NFL is uh, sort of scared and it's time for him to come back because he's an NFL quarterback that's ready to, to, to play in the league. Um, what are our headline reactions to, to Kaepernick in general and then also this change of, uh, of scenery? Zan? Oh, I kind of eye roll every time I hear a story about Kaepernick, basically. Um, if you remember, kind of in that 2016 season, he wasn't actually playing very well. I think he was coming off contract. He decided he was going to kneel during the national anthem, which is fine. He decided he was going to wear Black Lives Matter socks, and I think I think he might he might have even wore socks, which which depicted cops as pigs. Yeah, he okay. Did that. And so putting all that aside, he's putting up pretty rank numbers. He's coming off contract. My understanding is that in at the end of that season, he was demanding a whole bunch of money that basically no one wanted to pay him in the first place based on his production alone. Obviously, you can make the case that he should have been in the league, but as a starting quarterback on the contract that he was demanding, the teams were saying, your production isn't good enough as it is, let alone with all these sideline issues, which it may or may not detract from the fan base. So I would say the first thing is, even if you assume that um, he is, um, that all, 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 the owners were all okay with um, his kind of um, political stance and whatnot, the owners and, and management, my, as my understanding is, weren't okay with the money he was he was asking for based on his production. So that's it. And then when you take the two things together, obviously, so he's saying, well, you guys are just blackballing me. I'm good enough to be in the league. It's like, well, I, my understanding is also he had a bunch of offers that he turned down at the end of 2016. They were just not quite near the money that he was asking for. So... If he wants to come back, he can. My understanding is also that when he did do his tryout, he was wearing a T-shirt with um, with the name of a character in a like a a, a a novel, and the character was a slave in the novel. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult. It's it's you know I want to get behind I want to get behind him, but he makes it very very difficult considering he was he wasn't really producing, and it seems like again when you wear a, a T-shirt like that to the tryouts when you're trying to get back in the league. Seems like you're looking more to make a statement rather than actually yeah, play. I think it's it's important to clarify in that 2016 season when he was starting for San Francisco, the team went one and ten while he was starting. 
Uh, which that's enough. That's that's always enough to get you dropped, as it. If not, if someone goes at the end of that season, if it's not the coach, it's the coordinator. If it's not the coordinator, it's quarterback. And now that the team is ten and one, now they've also had a coaching change and they've done a really good with draft picks, but there has been a drastic uh, change in San Francisco since Kaepernick's departure. Uh, Deuce, your thoughts? Well, I don't really mind either way. I think people just to do what they feel like is in their interest. I mean, if Colin cares about the Black Lives Matter um, movement, then, you know, by all means, go put your career on the line, go chase it and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, if you kneel for... If you don't stand up for the national anthem of your country, I don't think you can then be sour at people who don't want to hire you um, when you're playing for a league in that country. Right, I don't, I don't think you you get sour about that. I think if you decide to kneel for the national anthem, you in in a very patriotic country, I think you you kind of have to understand what you're doing, and that's fine for you to kneel for the national anthem and do whatever. But you just have to accept there's a range of people who aren't going to like that. In terms of the actual Black Lives Matter issue, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it gets uh, there's a lot of noise which I don't like. Um, which, I mean, if you want to have a serious conversation about like about, um, let's say, sentencing for black people as opposed to white people. Um, just, it might, you know, th- I think there's a, there's a good discussions a to be had there. Good discussions yeah. to be had there. And uh, people talk about there's more severe sentences for something like crack cocaine, which, uh, than the normal cocaine, and the only kind of difference is that crack cocaine is, is prevalent in the black communities because it's a cheaper form of, of cocaine, right? And then, authorities have decided that it's a much worse drug and, and the punishments have to be uh, much more severe, for instance. Like, that's that's a conversation we can have. Or are people, are black people, because they're on average poorer than white people in America, not getting access to the same legal help when they get charged for the same crime as, as, a, as a white person? Like, those are, discuss- those, those are discussions uh, we can have about... But the, the idea, like, Black Lives Matter, like, uh, cops are shooting black people because they're black... It might happen every now and then, but it's it doesn't seem I don't, I don't think to anybody to be uh, an issue like cops are going out to to kill black people or are kind of more inclined to kill a black person than than a white person. Um, I think that if the black people if the black community really wants to have a, an honest discussion about uh, crime rates, though, they have to they have to stop uh, they have to understand that it's not like the world's out out to get them in in the way that it's been portraying being portrayed by some people it's like if you have 12 percent of the population or maybe six percent if you're just looking at black males committing 50 percent of the murders in a country um you can't blame that on on racism right um and then when you have the guy who's standing up for the racism on on a multi multi-million dollar contract uh in you know the said um you know as part of this racist system i think that that in itself casts a lot of doubt um, I, I'm very happy to have the, convers- the, the conversations if there's uh, in terms of race and criminal justice, but I think it, it should be had not just from uh, black people are the victims. It should be had, all right, well, there's issues in the black community. Where do they stem from? Um, you know, are, are, are black people just as responsible? You know, are they responsible for their own actions? Like the answer to that seems to be seems to be yes. You can't dismiss the crime rates off the table as 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 just a, a symptom of racism and then at the same time you look at uh, things like which are prevalent in black culture i mean you look at hip-hop music which you know um yeah i quite like 
uh, a lot of it's about guns and money and drugs and prostitutes and, and whores and stuff like that. It's like those are your cultural icons. It's 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 not like it's not like uh, white people in the government is is making Chief Keith famous on purpose, right? It's like he's getting famous from an organic uh, cultural uh, c- cultural reservoir of support, um, which seems like if people are, are extracting their social morals from that music, are, are going to result in exactly the type of scenario we see in the black community. Um, and I think it's an issue that if you're going to talk honestly about it. There's going to be some uncomfortable conversations that the black communities, uh, black leaders like Kaepernick and whoever else need to have, as Stephen A. Smith, need to have with themselves and, and with their community if they're saying they represent the black community on a racial ground. Um, and then we can also talk about sentencing and, and a range of criminal justice issues as well. It's, I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. But also, it's, it's, it's kind of bizarre that in a league in which black people are so disproportionately represented compared to the rest of society you'll never find a to, for him to be arguing that the league is racist when the league is almost entirely constituted by african americans um on salaries that are mouthwatering and are by orders of magnitude larger than the average white person's salary, for example, or even Asian person's salary, I think it's difficult to argue that the league is blackballing him on the basis that he's African-American, considering almost the entirety of the league is African-American. Um, and it almost seems quite ironic. Um, and it's kind of one of those issues where you talk about kind of equality and uh, disparate outcomes. Well, you can look, for example, at the NFL and you could say, well, obviously, you know, Race has got something to do with it, but it doesn't mean that the people making selections are necessarily racist. You know, it's an interesting case study, and I think you know, in regards to Black Lives Matter as as a as a as a kind of an issue in general, absolutely. Like, if there are if there are you know um, districts or precincts in, in, in run by police organisations that are disproportionately targeting African Americans in a way that is unconstitutional or in a way that is illegal then absolutely let's 100 percent talk about it but it seems as if kind of to paint it as a, a system of kind of an abstract version of systemic inequality it doesn't really solve anything um you kind of you're setting yourself up as a little bit of a, a martyr rather than trying to actually change and, and get, get tangible outcomes like wearing socks depicting cops as pigs even though there are a bunch of african-american cops um is I think is dangerous. Number one, number two, it actually suggests that your motive you you've got no real interest in solving a problem. If you're out to get law enforcement, um, you're you're not you're not re- and depicting them as animals. I don't think you're really actually super interested in solving the problem, as far as I can see. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think if Kaepernick wants to use the platform that he's created for himself, like quite legitimately, um, as a a star NFL quarterback at one point. He should go ahead and use that platform, but he should be able to deal with the repercussions, which is that the owners that who are focused on revenue and winning games shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, you should have to deal with the consequences, um, because at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. Um, the business is winning, and the business is making money. And Kaepernick was bad for both, and probably still is bad for both. But there's a good ch- there's there's a chance he gets a contract. I'd be interested to see. Um, how he reuses the platform if he get if he gets it back, and also how he actually goes on the field because it seems as if when you're distracted by so much off the field and your your focus isn't really on the game, 
uh, then you don't really yeah, have so these I mean, outcomes. You look, at, you look at somebody like LeBron. LeBron does a heap of shit. Like, he, he does, like, heaps of schools. He does, like, scholarships for people. Now, we can have a discussion of whether... I think, I think a lot of his scholarships are based on race, like black people sending black people to university but he can do what he wants but that's that's their money that's that's his money that's a way you know that that's a good way to to fix an issue in the black community which is kids not graduating high school or kids not going to university yeah and we need to uh, like put out that Kaepernick has uh he did donate over he's donated over a million bucks to to different charities that on African-American issues, whether the, um, like where that money actually goes is like, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure how effective it's been, but Kaepernick has shown uh, a, a willingness to actually put forward his own resources to solve this issue, which I think is admirable um, because he's standing up for this cause that he does believe in, but whether the cause itself um, is uh, something, like as, as you said before on Black Lives Matter and, and all those causes, we should be having these discussions. Um, but yeah, I think that Kaepernick uh, needs to sort of pull his head in in regards to his his what he's what he's doing and the, the repercussions what he, of that. What he's what he's done is he's generated a circularity. So he, he, what he does is he he accuses the NFL of being racist. He then makes himself so radioactive that even someone who's the furthest thing from racist will go. I don't know if I I don't know if I can hire you um, on the basis of production alone let, even before um all these other issues and then so no one wants to hire him because of his actions and then he says well you know no one wants to hire me because they're all racist it's like the the, the more stunts he pulls the less attractive he becomes as, as as a free agent but then the more he feels like he's justified in saying that he's being blackballed so he feeds, he, he's his own kryptonite and he, he, he turns himself, you know, but by his own kryptonite, he's, he tries to make his case stronger. You know, he's just in this endless feedback loop. And it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing to see it. It's disappointing to see it. Yeah. Because I got a lot of respect. I got a lot of respect for cops. And like, you know, when you look at all the cases and basically it's kind of like six or seven cases have made this whole Black Lives Matter thing. And when you actually break them down, in a, a significant majority of them, the, the young, young guy who got shot was either under the influence of something or resisting arrest. When you, like when you actually see a lot of the times the body cam footage, the, dis, the, 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 the time it takes for someone to, co- to cover a distance of 10 metres when it's dark and you can't see them is one second, one, no, two seconds maybe. Two seconds, and and when you've got a situation where there's someone much bigger, much stronger than you, and all you've got is a gun which is loaded, as soon as someone resists arrest, they're considered armed, and because because really, and, and the reason behind it is well, it, the person who's armed is is the person who's stronger and who can wrestle the weapon off you. But also, if they're not under arrest, I mean, a lot of people have a gun in the car, quickly go get one. Like I've seen. I've seen ones like that. Someone's getting arrested at a traffic stop. I've seen a body cam footage. Sure. Um, Realised he's getting done. He's getting put in handcuffs. Quickly pushes a cop out of the way. Gets a gun out of the glove box and starts shooting back at the cops. I mean, anything can happen if you're a cop. And that's yeah. that's why they say as soon as and you know I think people forget this. They say he's unarmed. You know they say cops shot. You you as soon as you start resisting your arrest, you're considered armed. Because as soon as you start resisting arrest, all it takes is for that person to wrestle you, get the gun off you, and then and then they have then they have a gun. So that's why that, that, that that's that's why as soon as someone resists arrest, they are not unarmed. And it's imp- it's always important to remember it because if you see the body cam footage, 
the way in which people can cover distance, 20 metres, 10 metres, in literally two seconds, you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to put your own life at line. You've got family, kids at home, whatever. I think we... We, we are so harsh on cops who make mistakes. I mean, you make a mistake in that line of work and it haunts you forever. You make a mistake at, at, at an office, yeah, you've got you to make up for it, maybe, but you don't have a body there. You don't have your own family who might be left without a parent or something like that, you know? I think we should always err on the side of leaning with the cops, but that being said, if there is some kind of animus being um, exercised against a particular ethnic group, then absolutely we should come down on it. But I would say the benefit of the doubt should normally go to the, to the police. I agree. Any last words, dudes? Are you happy with that? Happy with that. All right. Well, that's been the return of the Sports and Culture Report. Tell us what you think in the comments below. If you really like it, you give us a like, a share, subscribe, you know, all those, all those good things. Um, we've got all our links in the description below to our Instagram, our Facebook, uh, amongst other things. We'll be back next week with another Sports and Culture Report. So strap on in. We'll see you then. Catch you later. You are listening to the Sports and Culture Report on Carnage House Productions.